De eerste keer dat hij dit mee gaat maken hier in Amsterdam. Laat je horen voor Ion Eno! Het is 15 mei 2011. Op het Museumplein in Amsterdam staan 80.000 man voor een podium. Lorenzo Hebecilio en Kenneth Vermeer staan er te hakken op een hardstyle-versie van het Joodse feestnummer Hava Nagila. André Oyer doet ook een poging. En midden op het podium, voor de complete selectie van Ajax, staat Eyong Tarkang Eno met de kampioenschaal omhoog. De Cameroener die in 2008 opeens opdook bij Ajax en vijf en half jaar later stilletjes verdween. Dit is het verhaal van de Ajax-jaren van Eyong Tarkang Eno. Mijn naam is Sam van Raalte en welkom in de wereld van Fai Sports. Ik bezoek Eno bij hem thuis, in Diemen. Hij heeft altijd een huis gehouden in Nederland, sinds hij bij Ajax speelde. Het is een mooie dag als ik daar aankom. Hey man, hoe is het? Goed man, met jou. Ja, dankjewel. Oh, hey, sorry. Hallo. Hi. Hi, Sam. Ik ben er dit, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, ja. Maar je speelt ook goed in dus, hè? Ja, ja. Zeker. Ja, dankjewel, dankjewel. Wat wil je drinken? Ah, theetje is wel lekker, man. Ja, yeah. yeah, lekker, man. Binnen word ik verwelkomd door Eyong Eno en zijn vrouw Bernadette. Aan de muur in de keuken hangt een enorme foto... die op 15 mei 2011 is genomen in de Amsterdam Arena. Vlak nadat Ajax voor het eerst in zeven jaar kampioen was geworden. Eno zet een paar kopjes thee en pakt een schaal koekjes. Zijn vrouw gaat de deur uit, naar de sportschool. Als je het huis binnenkomt lopen, staat in een gang aan de linkerkant een rij met vijf foto's. Allemaal van zoontjes van Eno. Hij heeft er dus vijf. En als ik daarover begin, moet hij meteen lachen. Ja, ik heb er vijf jongens, man. Het is druk. Maar het is mooi. Het is uh, lovely. You know, they have boys. Everyone is excited, full of energy. They have different personalities. So it's, it's just interesting to have them in the house. Yeah, okay, cool. So, is it nice to be back now? Very nice, very nice. I miss Holland. It has been quite a while that I have not been, like, stayed in Holland. So I've been out. This is 2020 and that's over six years. You know, I haven't been here, like, staying here since I left Ajax. But it's good um, coming close to the end of my career. It's good to just be back in Holland and start to feel that vibe. And also, very soon I'll be going to watch the my son, his games, and also... Watch a couple of games of Ajax. You know, I've missed the stadium, especially the new stadium yeah. with the new name. Uh, now it's no more Amsterdam Arena, which yeah. I play there. Now it's Johan Cruyff Arena. So <laughs> I, I still need to watch a game there. Yeah, cool. So yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back as well. Thank you. I'm also very curious as to where the the rest of your you said the final stages of your career will take you. Yeah. But today I would like to speak mostly about your time at Ajax. Because, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's go. Let's go. Harder. Harder. Eno is nu in Nederland om wat tijd met zijn familie door te brengen. Hij heeft in januari zijn contract bij Olympiakos Nicosia, een club op Cyprus, laten ontbinden. Vanuit Diemen zoekt hij nu een nieuwe club. Eno wil het interview trouwens het liefst in het Engels doen, omdat hij zich daar wat beter in kan uitspreken dan in het Nederlands. 
Ik wil alles weten over Eno's jaren bij Ajax. Maar om Eno te begrijpen moet je eerst weten waar hij precies vandaan komt. Baby Eno werd in 1986 geboren in Kumba, een stad in Cameroen. My dad's family, like the, the big family, lived in Kumba. So while uh, my dad was out for work, my mom was there and I was born there. And interestingly, my wife was also born in Kumba. Hmm. So you see, everything is connected. But uh, I grew up more in different cities, not exactly Kumba. I grew up in a few other cities. The name may not be very familiar here in Holland, but for those who are from Cameroon, they will know Limbe and they would also know Tico. So these are the two cities I grew up in. I started uh, playing football more in Tico, not in Limbe. Limbe was where I grew up as a, from five, six, seven years. And later on, I started school and I moved over to Tico, mm-hmm. where football was just everything. Everywhere, there was just football kicking all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so I just joined everyone and started running and kicking football on the streets as well. What kind of family did you grow up in? I grew up in a very stable family, a very uh, 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 family full of a lot of values. Uh, my mom, my dad. Uh, uh, in fact, I grew up with six of us. Uh, I was the first son to my mom and uh, I had a younger brother who was the last and I'm the third. So I had two older sisters, two younger, sis- two younger sisters and one younger brother. <laughs> so it was interesting. You had more girls than boys. So of course, they, the girls, they always win. But it was fun to grow up in that family. And my dad was just uh, such a great man, great inspiration. There's so much I learned from him in how he just is so responsible handling the family and uh, the values. And also my mom, very hardworking, looking after the home. So I grew up in a very stable family, full of love, full of a lot of attention and also a lot of respect. And also I learned hard work from them also. What were the professions? What was your father's profession and your mother's? Well, my mom, she she had to, um, because of a certain situation she faced in our family, she had to just be a housewife. Uh, I'm sure also in, in, the, in the Netherlands history here in Holland, you will know that in the past there was a lot of women that just stayed home True. and didn't do much out and the men went out. So my mom was a little bit like that because... Uh, Uh, my dad would work and she had to stay home and look after the children. But she went to school. She was very educated, but she had to suspend a lot of her stuffs just to look after the family and also do some petty trade businesses mm. that will help bring some income. For example, what kind of... For example, how do you call it? Um, t- here you have... Um, The yogurt, yogurt yes. that you, you sell in the shop like Albenheim. There my mom, she would make it home. Mm. You know, she would make it homemade mm. and she would sell it probably in schools or in uh, in the market. Yeah. And I was one of the people that would also go about selling it, ah. you know, carry it on my head. So interestingly, we I grew up in a business kind of environment yeah. in the house with my mom. So you also went selling yogurt? You, you yes, you, yes, you I, did that. I did ah. that. I did that. I did. How old were you? Actually, I was in primary school. I was around um, probably 13, yeah. 13, 13, 14. And it was exciting because you were able to sell it and make some money and then yeah. probably to buy a gift or you know you were helping yeah. you know, to do something in the house. It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Sometimes I would just keep the box somewhere and play football. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when you get home, you're going to get in trouble. But it was fun. So my mom did petty trade business and my dad, he was uh, working with the customs office. 
He was a custom officer in, in Cameroon. And uh, actually, his dream was to be a medical doctor. But growing up, he didn't have the, the finances or someone to sponsor him. So he had to sponsor himself in school. And he's always loved, he's always loved law. He studied law. Mm. And so with the law he did, he was able to work as a custom officer. Mm. Uh, so that was what he was doing as a professional. Customs like at an airport? Something? Custom at an airport yeah. or a seaport. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so your education was good. Very good. You could have went a different way, right? You could have just uh, took the route in school and studying. Yes, I would have taken a different route. And I think probably for many other people. But um, it's always important to find your own uh, journey in life. And I found my own journey in life and I made my decisions and I, I don't regret it. <laughs> but there was a decision to make. And I think that's interesting <laughs> because a lot of people don't, don't have a decision. Um, um, and you, you had a decision to make. I think you said your father uh, wanted to be a doctor when he was younger. Yes. Uh, did he have that dream for you as well? Exactly. You, 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 you can figure that out. So my, my dad and actually my step older brother uh, is a doctor. Mm. And, uh, and I could see that my dad was encouraging all of us to get into the field that he didn't, was not able. He's always had a dream to, to be a medical doctor. And uh, that's, I was very good also in science and also in medicine and all of that. But like I said, um, it, was, it was quite challenging for my dad when he saw I was going on a different path. Like <laughs> This guy was more on football and other things. But the one interesting thing he said to me, which stuck with me, is that um, I don't just want you to be a footballer. I want you to be an educated footballer. Mm. And that was that was big for me, you know. Mm. So that pushed me in my education to get at least a basic degree level so that I can be able to be different among other footballers. By the way, how did you get this information? Which information? My journey. Tell me, how I, you got it? I did my research. <laughs> <laughs> dope, dope, dope. All right. <laughs> Als kind hielp Eno zijn moeder dus met yoghurt verkopen op de straten van Cameroen. En later, toen hij ouder werd, kon hij een prima educatie krijgen in Cameroen. Hij had misschien ook wel dokter kunnen worden. Dat wou zijn vader in ieder geval voor hem. Maar Eno koos zijn eigen pad. Hij wou liever voetballen. Hij speelde in Cameroen in de jeugd van Tico Youngstars en Mount Cameroon. Voordat hij als 18-jarige jongen de stap naar Magusa Turk Gucu maakte. Dat is een club op het Turkse deel van Cyprus. Eno speelt eerst een seizoen alles in de Turk-Cypriotische competitie, maar het tweede seizoen speelt hij minder. Eno gaat terug naar Afrika en hij kiest daar voor Ajax Cape Town. Daar zit een plan achter. I was confident in my journey, you know, and uh, going to South Africa, going to Cape Town. I done a little bit of research and I saw some of the journey of some of the players and I realized, oh, Steven Pina came from this club. Uh, Makati, Benit Makati also came from this club, Aaron Mokwena, and they were all able to make it out. And also a lot of other Nigerian players, like uh, even maybe a lot of guys don't know. John Mikel Obi mm -hmm. came to this club in Cape Town. He really? trained there, yes. Oh. He did, he did. Most people don't know. I didn't know. Yeah, most people don't know. But all of that information helped me. You know, to make my, my decision and I was very determined and I knew that there was a journey in front of me mm -hmm. and I knew that through that path I was going to get to where I was going to. So it was like an educated guess, maybe. Right. Yeah, you could you could you could call it that way. But I think <laughs> it was just it was just a hinge. I just knew that this was the right path I was gonna take. Mm -hmm. So I took it. 
Well, it turned out to be. And it turned out. You were there for two years, right? Yes. Cape Town. And you trained with uh, Hans Funk, uh, amongst others. Yes, 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 yes. What I was did. that like? Oh, great, great. It was a great experience. Hank, you know, he just came from Holland. He was back in uh, South Africa. He was also a national team player. And his experience, his maturity, and his advices in the team, he just gave, gave it. And it's also his training, his pushing, you know, took to the... A lot of young players just took their level mm. a little bit up. And also, uh, it was interesting that when I was able to come to Ajax, I, I, we came together. <laughs> he, he came over. Oh, really? He came over to Holland at that at that time. So it was good to to know him. Oh. It was also good to have him part of, of of my journey. And yeah, he played a very big role. Dus daar zit Eno bij Ajax Cape Town met Hans Vonk. Vonk is in Nederland vooral bekend van de acht jaar die hij onder de lat stond bij SC Heerenveen. En toen Eno bij Ajax Cape Town aankwam, zat Vonk in de nadagen van zijn carrière. Ik heb Hans Vonk opgebeld om erachter te komen wat hij toen van Eno dacht bij Ajax Cape Town. Er waren een aantal buitenlanders in die tijd bij Ajax Kaapstad. Meer dan nu, meer, meer Afrikaanse jongens. We hadden twee Congolezen. Uh, we hadden Russel Mwafulerwa, die komt, kwam, uit, uh, kwam uit Malawi. En... Um, en, en voor alle jongens was Eon of Eno een van de, de betere spelers. En van Eno dacht ik van nou, dat is in ieder geval, daar kun je wat mee. Die, die ziet het spelletje wel. Ik vond het wat grof in, zijn, in, in hoe hij voetbalde. Hij moest nog wel wat leren, maar dat heeft hij heel snel opgepikt. Maar wat er vooral bij bleef was het, dat het een enorme uh, leuke en sociale jongen is. Want hij, uh, ach, hij, hij, hij kwam, hij, ik zie hem nog naar het voetbalveld toe lopen, want hij had geen gevoer, rugzakje op. Uitermate relaxed, deed zijn ding. Zeurde nooit, werkte keihard. Kortom, een uitermate prettige jongen mee te werken. Redelijk populair bij zijn medespelers. Want hij was, uh, uh, hij was ongecompliceerd. Hij was echt uh, wat het was. En, um, nou ja, dat is niet altijd zo in de voetballerij. Dat is nogal een, een wereld van ego's. Maar Eon was altijd zichzelf. Wat ik nog wel kan herinneren, dat is misschien een aardige anekdote. Dat in de, in de tijd dat hij hier bij ons voetbalde, er was een vriendin zwanger. En uh, uiteindelijk ook bevallen van een kindje. Ik weet niet meer of die jongen of een meisje was. Maar die bevalling, dat kwam nogal onverwacht. En uh, de, de verhaal ging dat Eong zelf heeft geholpen om haar te bevallen. Dat er verder geen medisch personeel aanwezig was. En dat, was, uh, dat, dat tekende hem wel de verantwoordelijkheid die hij had. En uh, ja, hoe hij hoe met, met de dingen omging. Dit verhaal van Hans Vonk over de bevalling die Eno zelf wel even regelde, klopt. Eno's eerste zoon werd geboren in Kaapstad. En Eno was degene die zijn vrouw solo bijstond bij de bevalling. Zuid-Afrika is ten opzichte van Cameroen trouwens ook een heel ander land. Het was op verschillende vlakken even wennen voor Eno. Cape Town was different. No, the first, one of the first things that Cape Town was different for me was the weather. Hmm. Uh, in Cameroon you have just two seasons. You have like heavy summer, like it's just hot, we call it the dry season, and you've got the, the rainy season, which is just raining like for months, so we don't have winter, we don't have snow, we don't have this cold wind blowing, <laughs> and I was in Cape Town, and I had to wear, cover my head with, you know, like, this, and then wear gloves, it was so cold, so this was the first time. <laughs> It was the first time I was experiencing that in Africa. So, but also the the cultural, uh, you know, uh, difference was was really 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 interesting. The development also they had more facilities, they had more sponsors, they had better stadiums, better 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 pitches, and that just gives you a 
more more um, a lot of possibility to work better and also interestingly what really defined my time in Cape Town was the coach mm. I had this coach who was so passionate his name is Mushin Etugram and he was so hard on me <laughs> what was his name Mushin Mushin okay. Etogra. He was so hard on me, <laughs> so hard on me. But this, this, this Cape Town for me was was just, it was very special, and it is special because also my first son was born in Cape Town. Mm. So it is really a special place for me. You say this coach was really, really hard on so you. So hard. What, what was it like? Oh man, maybe I'm not able to explain it properly, but most of my teammates that were there after trainings and after games, they will come back and ask me, do you have a problem with the coach? <laughs> and I said, no. I said, why? Why is it on you, on you, on you? But later on, after when I came to Amsterdam and I signed at Ajax, they now understood. Then the coach told them why he was hard on me. <laughs> Because he was like preparing you yes. for the big move. Yes, ah. yes, yes. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> But you can interpret that two ways, right? You of can course. see he's picking on me or you can think yes, yes, he's yes. working with Yeah, you. yes. For me, I saw it like if the coach doesn't like you, he wouldn't even be talking to you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and he wouldn't even give attention to you. So for me, I had to take it positively, even though sometimes it was very tough to take. What did he make you do? <laughs> even though even though sometimes it was difficult to take because you know, like just screaming on you, like every other player can 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 give a wrong pass. But not me. <laughs> like if I if I give a wrong pass, then the training stops. Or oh, he will hit hit the bottle down, and he was just like. But because he saw the potential, he saw he saw a lot of things. Cool. Eno werd op de training dus keihard aangepakt door de trainer, de Turkse Mushin Ertugal. Eno groeide al snel uit tot een vaste waarde bij Ajax Cape Town. In de zomer van 2008 wordt hij uitgeroepen tot speler van het seizoen. Eno gaat dan op proef bij verschillende clubs, waaronder Maccabi Tel Aviv. Dankzij een tip van Hans Vonk mag hij ook op proef bij Ajax in Amsterdam, waar Marco van Basten dan net is begonnen als hoofdtrainer. Eno pakt weer zijn spullen en vliegt naar Schiphol. I was like, oké. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oké, okay, let's, see, let's see what happens. But to be honest, uh, I wasn't expecting you know like something to happen i was just excited in my mind I was like wow i'm going to holland <laughs> you know i'm going to ix this you know this dream club that you've been watching on tv and all these uh, nigerian top top stars that i played there one kokano uh, finidi Babangida, uh, right? Yeah, yeah sure. And uh, Olesi, these guys, they, they've gone to the World Cup and they were just like, you know, great, great models for a lot of African players. And I'm going to go to this team. So yeah. for me, it was just like, I'm just going to go and enjoy it. <laughs> you know, no pressure. I'm just going to go there. And for me, it was just a great opportunity and privilege to go there and, mm. and, and, and see the facilities and even just train with the players. So my mind was very empty. Mm. You know, it was like my mind was free. I had no pressure to impress or what I'm going to perform. No, no, I was just free. I was like a little baby that <laughs> is, is excited going on a trip. That's how I was. <laughs> so then you arrived in Amsterdam. You go to the Tukomst, I, I think. Yes. Or the stadium. No, or I went to the stadium. The I stadium. went to the stadium. Yes, okay. I went to the stadium. Who did you uh, meet then? The first team was in training uh, at the Tukomst at that time. The first team was training just next to 
at that uh, time, the Amsterdam Arena. Yeah. yeah, so I, I got there, and then the person who received me at the airport is Herman Pinkster, uh, great man. Yeah. He was so loving, so so receptive. Very and nice. And yeah, he made me feel at home, and for me, that was that was that helped me a lot. Mm. You know, it helped me a lot. I left, I left my family. My family went to Cameroon. My wife was there, and I was just coming alone to a new place. The first person that receives you has a big impression on every professional player. For many, they may not see it, but I think it's very important. What I'm saying now is so important to players, that first impression. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm welcome. Or like, mm, where am I? Mm -hmm. Then you, you're not, you know. <laughs> but it was good. And how, uh, how did he make you feel welcome? Just his, 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 uh, his body language. He's, he's questioning, he's asking you questions, his interaction with you because he speaks he speaks Spanish. He's, he's, same with Spanish players, same with African players, same with, I don't know, maybe he speaks, uh, I don't know, uh, Danish as well. I'm not sure. But he interacts with all the players the same way. He mm -hmm. has, he, it makes you feel at home. So for me, that's the feeling I got. Yeah. And it helped me settle in the hotel. And then I had training the next day. And uh, yeah, the team went to play an Europa League game, came back. And I just, I trained with them. Normally I had to train for 10 days, but I finally heard from the coach after three days of training. But you immediately trained with the first team? Yes. Not Young Ajax? No, right? I didn't train with Young Ajax. Okay, so the first team uh, in that season, uh, there were Huntelaar, Suarez, right? There were Vertonga, uh, Vermalen. Vertonga, Vermalen, yeah. Uh, an interesting team. Aisati. And the coach? Suleimani. Was Marco van Basten, right? Yes. He's a, a legend. A legend. What was that like entering that team? Oh. <laughs> As you say in Netherlands, it was gek, man. It was gek. You know, I thought I was in the movie. You know, I had to go back to South Africa and wait till I come back. Mm. Then I'm like, oh, this is not a movie. This is act. Act <laughs> this is real. So the every first experience, the first time I came until Van Basten told me, yeah. uh, I would like to sign you. For me, I, it wasn't still real. <laughs> it was still a dream. I had to go back and then wait for my visa to come out. And then when I came, I was in the hotel and I trained and then I was selected for the first game. Yeah. Then for me, like this is happening. Yeah. The first training, I think it's also... Uh, you're curious to see if you can latch onto the level, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's different than Cape Town. Yeah. So what was that like? My mind was just like a little baby. I was just excited, yeah. you know, excited. And I didn't uh, look at faces. Of course, I was excited that I'm in Ajax, this, but I didn't look at faces. I just trained. Like, so I, for me, the impression was more from feedback from other people. Not from like, I was just training free. I go for the ball, I win the ball, I pass it. So I'm not thinking too much about, you know, but the, the reflection after like, who is this guy? It's aggressive. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so is this, is this impression that, you, that comes after? Then you start to realize, oh, I'm here and I'm training. This is happening. Eno wordt bij Ajax dus opgevangen door Herman Pinkster, de spelersbegeleider van de club. En dan gaat het opeens allemaal razendsnel. De proefperiode van Eno is nog maar een paar dagen bezig als Van Basten Eno apart neemt. Hij wil hem een contract geven en een paar weken later maakt hij zijn debuut voor Ajax. In de klassieker, in de Kuip. Dit is hoe Eno zich het moment herinnert waarop Van Basten hem wilde tekenen. Van Basten is calling me. 
and he's saying to me like I, I i like you and i think we're gonna sign you and i like serious <laughs> he said yes i like after three days like i said it wasn't still real to me yeah i had to wait till the contract was done saying i signed it everything then i got my visa and come then i like this is happening it's like it was a roller coaster like i'm still in a movie and I'm, I'm still watching like i'm seeing the transition from cape town to ix and in my mind i'm like maybe i need probably about a year to adapt this new environment i just came in i need to play maybe with a young team or train with a team to know the players and fair not ix <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the selection. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're not just in the selection. I'm in the I'm in the the team that yeah. goes for the game. Yeah. And I I afterwards I go in. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is like oh man. This is like I'm being part of a blockbuster movie. Yeah. It's crazy right? because <laughs> most people young players because you were of course still very young. Uh, you you are not 18 years old but yeah. still you I think you were in 21 ten, yeah in terms of experience in yeah. European football I just came yeah yeah you were still still young and then most young players they get like 10 minutes of play time when yeah. Ajax is 4-0 ahead yeah. against yeah. a smaller club yeah. but you were in the cup you were thrown on the field right yes i was thrown on the field <laughs> <laughs> and what was that like the moment they they asked you to go warm up to to maybe enter the field what was that like i wasn't thinking too much mm. you know it was still like a movie so i was just it's like there was a role there was a role written for me then i was just playing the role <laughs> <laughs> and like you said it's, it's it's happening fast so you're not thinking too much mm. but after one two three months then i start to sit and i start to play back everything like wow this happened so fast yeah. i'm already now in the buses so and i'm just here and i'm already in the buses how did this happen so i start to then now you become more aware yeah before i was just like okay it's so crazy how fast it all happened right because you you made your debut then you you entered you had it like a good uh, half hour or maybe yes, more against yes, Feyenoord yeah, yeah. and you played well uh, it, it was immediate impact right you 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 made some tackles I you think so you I think so like I told you everything was just like a movie <laughs> 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 I, I remember that everybody was talking about you after that game. Yeah. Like, who is this new guy yeah. suddenly appearing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> you know, like I told you, I was just in, in like in the movie playing a role, but I can't watch myself, you know. Mm. It's like the people watching the movie, they know, like, who is this actor? Who is this guy? <laughs> so, yeah, now we're talking and everything, image is coming back to me, but for me it was just that moment where everything was going fast. Yeah. Dus daar is Eno bij Ajax Amsterdam. Hij debuteert die wedstrijd in de Kuip en verovert daarna bijna meteen een basisplaats. Het is allemaal ontzettend snel gegaan. En elke dag kijkt Eno zijn ogen uit. Onder meer omdat degene die hem de kans bij Ajax heeft gegeven een levende legende is. Marco van Basten. He is a legend. You know, just being in the team and seeing him being a coach, very he doesn't talk a lot. He's a very calm person. He's 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 just so relaxed. Hmm. And then just being able to walk in that environment with him and the way I saw him walk especially with the strikers hmm. was wow. These guys, I knew for sure these guys are going to be scoring goals like all the time. <laughs> because of course he gave a lot of attention to the strikers. Yeah. But 
for me was was a, was a great inspiration. I just knew that uh, to have a coach who had played at this top level won uh, awards to be able to you know look at me and said I'd like to have you in this club. Mm. It gave me a lot of confidence. It made me realize the kind of qualities I had, which probably I didn't even you know value myself that way. Yeah. But it did. It did. Yeah. The teammates for when you were first uh, entering, of course, we, we mentioned Suarez, Vertongen, uh, Huntelaar, Vermalen. Um, in that, that first year of your, your time at Ajax, what were the teammates you mostly um, hang around with outside football? Well, the one person I hung around a lot with was Jeffrey Sapong. Hmm. And also, uh, I think Van Basten also gave him a lot, of, gave him opportunity during that period. And he was doing well. He scored against that game. He scored against Feyenoord. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, I think I... You was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I came in for him. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't, the coach didn't want to lose that game. <laughs> we were in front and then after, you know, it's like the game was going to move. So he needed someone to... Balance. And I think I did that well. Yeah. <laughs> When I think I about think so. it, I think I did great. Yeah. Yeah. But he was one of that person that uh, I was very close to. He came yeah. at my place, stayed a lot. But I was also close to a lot of a few other players like Suleimani, hmm. Miralem. Yeah. Very nice guy, open, uh, always making jokes. <laughs> And also he wasn't staying far from me. And uh, the apartment I was staying at that time, you had Gabri. Hmm. Gabri was also very welcoming. And... Uh, Yeah, the other guys in the team. You know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm that kind of person that everyone goes along with. Eno vond dus ook in de spelersgroep snel zijn draai bij Ajax. Hij ging vooral veel om met Jeffrey Sarpon. In de volgende aflevering over de Ajax-jaren van Eno komt ook Sarpong aan het woord. Daarnaast spreek ik Eno over een ingrijpende trainerswissel bij Ajax en een mislukt WK met Cameroen. En niemand minder dan Jan Vertongen vertelt over zijn ervaringen met Eno. Dat allemaal dus in aflevering 2 van deze trilogie over Eno.